1: back to another episode of the blue turf this is thad bell from the blue testament for now with me as always i have eric Bergrood from the kansas city broadcasting team and serious satellite personality
2: at times how you doing eric i'm good it's been a uh best of week in the kansas city heartland hasn't it it has there's a
1: like three quarters of a million people downtown right now i believe or some number similar to that haven't heard any estimates yet of you
2: no, I haven't. Uh, while everybody was celebrating the Chiefs, I was on an MASL broadcaster's call this afternoon, trying to make sure that uh, we're up uh, to the latest league standards and uh, get a report that I think uh, the Kansas City broadcast is in pretty good stead.
1: I'll say that they, uh, did they tell you you guys were the number one broadcast team in MASL, like we
2: all know? They did not say that. But uh, there's things that we do in Kansas City that I think they like. They like that we uh, have the referees mic'd up. And I I think it makes it a better fan experience in terms of understanding what the calls are for two minute penalties. So they appreciate that. That's not consistent throughout the league. And uh, we still continue to learn and grow. We got some good news about Twitch engagement uh, over the, the past month or so on um, twitch so there's five different channels on twitch if you've watched Comets and other games there's one two three four and five on on channel one which is where comets games typically are there have been more than a million uh visitors views in the past month if you if you had all the games combined and so i think they're getting they're doing a good job this league is getting people to to taste the product i think that what we have to do is is continue giving them reasons to come back.
1: Yeah, totally agree. That It'd be interesting to see how many of those, if that's even trackable, you know, come back for it after they've watched five minutes of it by accident or just discovering it.
2: Right, right. Not so sure, but I think maybe we can dive into that uh, later this season. Yeah, that would, that
1: would be good. All right. So last time we recorded, we were just a couple hours short of some big news, which is that's the way it goes. Uh, really huge trade. Kansas City Comets acquired Zach Reggett from Harrisburg, who had recently acquired him from Florida. Uh, in trade, they sent uh, Dasani, uh, Mike De Silva, and Richard Schmermond to Harrisburg.
2: So, before the game, let's talk about what transpired because we recorded uh, at the soccer, don't excuse me. The world-famous Kansas City Soccer Dome. Let me make sure I get that clear. And then the news broke. The news wound up breaking um, after everything was done. The fan reaction was telling in terms of, I guess you could call it audible gasps, if you can read audible gasps on social media. And so for his part, uh, managing partner Brian Budzinski was more than willing to come on air to talk with with Nick Vassos and me about the trade uh and admitted that there were fans that that had a pretty visceral reaction to it but but ultimately the ownership believes that this is a step that takes them toward a championship and then when the person you trade for scores five goals in his debut i think that that sends a pretty clear message not just within the the organization but across the league
1: it it does. I mean, Reggett is um has been one of the premier scorers the last couple of years. He's deadly when, when he's given the chance to to put the ball in the net. It's it always sucks to lose players that are you know favorites and you know all of those guys had fans that really liked them. Lucia perhaps has a higher ceiling than anybody else that was in that trade. Uh but I also think he might end up playing outdoor still and be out of the outdoor game, at least for a little while. Uh, The Silva can put in goals, but he's he showed really good glimpses of that during the COVID year when he was with the Comets last year was hurt. This year has played pretty well, but not put the ball in the net as much as they would like. Schmerman's been a, a pretty good defender, really great guy, you know, It was, it was interesting when talking to Zach, he said, Oh yeah, I'm coming to Kansas city. And I have a couple of friends there, Mike Da Silva and Richard Schmerman. Whoops.
2: There you go. Well, and I think it was tough. I, um, I know that it shook up some of the players because the players develop a very close bond on, not only on the field, but off the field. And so I think all three of them were, were well-liked and some had, had really strong relationships across the team. I think that there were fans who, not just adults but kids, who had developed relationships with these players, and and it hurt them. But but ultimately, it's it's an old adage that about it being a business decision. The Comets had an opportunity; they weren't the only team in the in the MASL who was having a conversation with Harrisburg, and uh, they seized the moment. Brian Baczynski said the trade came about in a really short period of time, like 48 hours, that uh, that the the deal came about. And uh, here, here's the thing: to get a a, a player of Regis' quality, you can't just beg and get him for free. You have to offer some quality back in return. And I think for Harrisburg, they they got quality at each of the positions, put goalkeeping aside defender midfield forward, that's going to help them. Interestingly enough, regget was able logistically to play in that first game in Kansas city, but the three guys from Kansas city weren't able to play for Harrisburg as they uh, went to Utica. So we haven't seen yet what the new Harrisburg is going to look like, but we got a really good glimpse that of what the new Kansas city is going to look like.
1: Yeah. It, this is one of those trades. Uh, it, Again, I know it hurts to lose, you know, fan favorites, teammates, but this is probably a trade that I think benefits both teams as well as any trade that I've seen recently. Kansas City needed scoring. Harrisburg needed uh, more players of quality and they got three guys that are, that can all play at a very good level, can help them be more successful. It's a, in, in all of this, I still have to wonder what went through Florida's mind to trade Zach.
2: I'm not going to share rumors and half things I've heard on air. I've heard all sorts of things. Uh, listeners to this podcast can go to uh Florida Tropic social media. Cause Brian Ackley did an interview with coach Clay Roberts and Clay Roberts, uh, basically said it was a business decision. He didn't want to get into the particulars on, on what drove it or not. And there are all sorts of theories out there, but suffice it to say, Zach Reggett is is here with a team that has a championship culture that is driven to win. And, and he feels that he can contribute to it. It's ironic, I guess you can say, that his first two games as a Comet will be against his former team. He showed a lot of passion there, scoring five. One of the interesting unsung things from Saturday night, that is, we rattled off a lot of stats on air. 88 games played, 88 goals scored, 320 goal seasons. So he scored five goals on Saturday night. If you look at the MASL Leaders page, he is up to now 20 goals this season. So that's his fourth. 20 goals scoring season, which is really impressive, and that kind of got lost in everything happening Saturday. But the Comets now have somebody not named Leo Gibson who's in battling for the the league scoring title. That is something, and it gives uh, it takes a lot of pressure off of Leo Gibson as a player. And you're seeing him now drop back to the back line and and not having to worry so much about scoring.
1: See it it uh. It benefits the comments in so many ways. They're probably going to run three guys up top now, Zach, uh, Rion Marks, and Junior Kazim. All of those guys are different, uh, have their capabilities. They'll be in uh, different situations. They'll shine on restarts, power plays. We know how deadly John Sosa is. We know how deadly Lucas Souza can be, Leo can be. Uh, Ray Lee can be. And now if you add Zach to that mix, plus a couple other players that will be in that mix, that's there's no, there's no way you can decide who you're going to defend on restarts power plays. And we've said, and, set and watched Zach just put balls in the upper 90, you know, up where the cookie jar is, as you guys like to say uh, in the far corner, He he can pick out those spots.
2: Well, you attended his first practice, and you you got a chance to interview him. Thank you, by the way, because we borrowed some sound bites for, for the broadcast. Yeah. But they drew up that play, was what I was told, the one where Leo scored off the set piece, where Reggett ran through the box. A lot of players kind of moved in his direction and left Leo on the near post able to score. And so the five guys you mentioned, that's your set piece team. Five guys you mentioned—that's your power play unit. The, when they get a few more practices and and figure things out, how do you defend them? Right, because all of them can score.
1: And that and that was the thing to remember is that that game Zach showed up the night before. He that practice the it was the one practice they they typically do a little very light practice the day of a game It and they did stretching they did uh, soccer tennis basically he participated in that. And then they started doing, uh, you know, set pieces or, you know, restarts at the top of the box, that sort of thing that different people in there, but they ran Zach through it. So he didn't even participate in all of that. Uh, and he had no time to actually learn his teammates moves or any of that sort of thing. And as, as they learn him and he learns them, you know, which foot to put it on or exactly where he wants it, how he'll turn that sort of thing, it should just improve. But just watching him in that, that little abbreviated practice, you know, is they they would, they would go to him for a few and he just kept putting the ball in like corners and top shelf and stuff. And I'm like, why are you going to go to anybody else, man? (laughs) I mean, I know you have to, but they practice exactly. That was that running through and, and pulling everybody with them. And it, it, it works so many times.
2: So it's going to be interesting because we we haven't talked a great deal about the the game this past weekend, other than the fact he scored five goals. But then they they fly down to Lakeland this weekend and get a, a rematch there. And the Comets know they need to start winning on the road. We talk about it all the time. That and and we're getting to the point of the season where you you have one eye clearly looking at the playoff structure and and trying to figure out where you're going to land. Well, ultimately. If the Comets want to win a championship, they're going to have to win games on the road because they will not have home field advantage in the finals, probably not leading to the finals. And it's going to take the ability not only to hold service at home, but to go into somebody else's arena, not hope for a win, but know that you can go in there and beat them. That's a different mentality.
1: Absolutely. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to this last game for another thing that I noticed. Um uh that I just a little moment that, uh, when, uh, junior was taken down and the comments were awarded the, uh, the shootout. And typically that's one that Sosa will take or Leo might take or somebody like that. Sosa walked over, picked the ball up, called Zach over and said, it's yours. He could have taken that. He could have scored. He could have, you know, I don't know if that would have been his hundredth goal at that point or whatever it would have been the next one after that. But, um, It was just a classy thing from Sosa to give that to Zach and let him get that first goal for the comments, which then kind of just extended the floodgates.
2: Well, I think it did. And I, I asked him about it in the post game interview and I think that he appreciates his teammates welcoming him here. Uh, I saw a quote from Sosa in in today's Kansas city star that what he appreciated was Zach's humility. So he comes in here and he doesn't assume that he's the, the king of the hill He's got to learn his teammates and, and prove that he fits on this team too. So, so I think there's mutual respect there. You saw that on the field. And uh, he keeps scoring goals like that. Yeah. The Comets know where they've been lacking this year. And all of a sudden, you have somebody who who arguably could be the leading scorer in the league. It's going to take a little bit to top Frank Tayu this year, but... We'll see how things go, right?
1: Yeah. I, I, I doubt that, that they that catch o- him, but you never know. That
2: opens things up because you saw Lucas Souza with, with two goals, two two good goals, right, uh, last game. John Souza, two goals, three assists. It's not going to be Reggert doing all the scoring, but I think with him out there, it creates more opportunity and, and everybody gets fed if you want to look at it that way.
1: Well, it, it just doesn't allow it doesn't allow any team to focus on one or two people on a line right now. So that's going to give the Comets more opportunity when the they, they can't just defend Leo or Sosa or Lucas who have been carrying the team in most of the goals. So, all right. Uh, I did go back and look out of curiosity because somebody had asked Zach if he had ever scored that many before and he had scored five goals in a game before. And I Interestingly, it was uh, when, he, after he was, he'd left St. Louis and went to Florida, he scored five goals on St. Louis, not in their first meeting, but their second meeting, he not only had five goals, but he had also three assists. So it was an eight point game for him that day.
2: Imagine that. Imagine that. So uh, what was interesting and, and I didn't ask anybody of it, but I don't know if you noticed after the game that, that Tropics coach Clay Roberts had a private conversation with him on the field. Not sure what that was about. I, I think uh in his interview uh, that's on the Florida Tropic social media accounts, you'll see he, he's trying to move forward. Clay Roberts is. It's going to be interesting there, though, on Sunday because you would have to think there's going to be a contingent of Florida fans rooting for Raggett there. And, and so it's going to be interesting what the dynamic is in that building. And um, and we'll see. It, it it's been a challenge in recent years for Kansas City to go in there, but uh, I think they'll come in with confidence this this Sunday afternoon.
1: And this is a moment when Kansas City needs to win. Like you, we've talked about the winning on the road. They're going to have to to learn to do that this season and get can get better at it. Uh, it's a team that they're fighting for the second spot. It, it would be extremely difficult to catch Milwaukee at this point. They're they're just playing too well. But it is a it is completely within the realm to to pass Florida at this point because they're playing each other two more times. They're tied in points. They're tied in 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 the standings. Uh, Saint Louis actually did the Comets a favor when they beat the Tropics the next night. So uh, thanks thanks to the ambush for a change, and so the Comets do need to do this. They need to get that point. They need to go down there and win, and. Is this the perfect opportunity for Zach to go down and show his former fans how good he can still play?
2: Well, I think we're past the uh, no pun intended the point where we were several episodes where we were talking about the Comets need to go into City X and get a point, yeah. like an overtime loss, and that would be successful. I think that ship has sailed. When when however you do it, regulation preferred overtime if you have to, but as you said, right now they're they're in a neck and neck battle with with florida and any points you grab from them that puts you ahead of them in 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 the standings and, and at the end of the season you don't want to regret well you know in february if we had just done x maybe we would be hosting this series rather than than being the the visiting team so i i think this team is confident i uh understand that the trade was a, a big shock inside the locker room and and uh for fans as well but i think this team will get re-acclimated and uh yeah, i will i will contend what i did at the beginning of the season that this is a team that can win the championship but we'll see they have to prove that they can be consistent on the road they don't have to do that for me right but they have to do that for themselves and right. and their opponents that that they walk into somebody else's arena, just like when the soccers walk into somebody else's arena. there's questions, there's doubts, oh, we have to play them, sixteen times champion, et cetera, et cetera. The, this used to be the comments not too long ago. they were they were going in in other people's arenas and and you had the sense they were going to win there
1: absolutely. and they they need to recapture that. It's actually, I mean, not only the the reggae trade, but they're catching the tropics at a good point because I think they've lost five of their last six, and that's both on the road and at home. It's it's a good chance to go in and catch them when they're not doing well. It, it, like you said, you know, three or four episodes we were talking about various things, but we were not even looking at Florida maybe as being catchable if they just continue to play well. Well, they didn't, and comments have caught them taken their best scorer. And now it's a chance for the Comets to to continue to ascend and Florida to struggle if that's if you know we can kind of hope for that as Comets fans, but this is what the Comets need to go do is they need to go down and secure that win and take advantage of a team that's not doing well.
2: Well, because you look ahead at the schedule, you get past Florida and then you have Milwaukee and Baltimore and Milwaukee and Baltimore so so these are the teams that are all in the mix for the, the top spots in the Eastern Conference, so every game is, is pivotal now. And so, yeah. sure, with those Western Conference games, all of which the, the Comets lost, you can shrug your shoulders and say, oh, well, now we're at a point where everything matters and you have to be focused on that next game because the ultimate prize is, is a return to the championship.
1: All right. Uh, one other little bit of news that I just actually accidentally came across looking through stats was the comet signed another goalkeeper
2: i have no details on it although i think we'll get details after we we post this podcast on air so yeah i, I actually asked sure about his it. name i could tell you what i know but but i don't yeah. know everything i don't know the whole story
1: chris tito favela i'm not yep. sure if that's how you say yep. it but so- close enough
2: So let's talk a little bit about Tito. So he uh, is from Kansas City, played for uh, Nick McDonald, Sunflower State, uh, indoor. He played last season in the goalkeeper shuffle in St. Louis. And I don't know if you remember this, that he wound up playing against the Comets after another one of those goalkeepers who've gotten bounced between teams, Sway got three blue cards and was ejected from the game. At Cable Dom Arena, Tito came in and, and finished it. He's been playing uh, in the M2 for the Kansas Bandits. It's an expansion team in, in Dodge City. And uh, so he's been staying in ship and in, in indoor shape. I don't know the whole story on this and the comments haven't formally announced, but I noticed this yesterday on the MASL site when you look at transactions. And so we'll... Uh, we'll see what the formal announcement is in terms of what his role might be with the comments.
1: Yeah. I uh, actually just asked about this about an hour ago. Cause that's, I was doing the same thing looking through the site and came across the signing and have not heard back yet. So we'll, we'll find out.
2: Stay tuned. I, I think it'll be later this week when we'll hear something official.
1: Yeah. I, I just assume he's uh extra keeper for to be back up and
2: less. us We'll see we'll see we're, we're not starting fans we're not starting any rumors all we are is reporting that he was signed it, it was it was uh posted on the league website before the comets have sent out a news release so it's right. a little premature for us to project what's going to be in the release
1: yeah so we'll 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 find out more details and let you know as soon as we know all right. Any uh anything else we need to talk about today, Eric? I,
2: I think it's worth mentioning. You mentioned Milwaukee. Uh, kudos to them. They went into St. Louis Friday night while the Comets were hosting Florida, and they shut out the ambush, which uh, in indoor soccer, anytime you can get a, a shutout, that's impressive. Doing it on the road is is almost almost unheard of. But uh, great goalkeeping. Uh, Willie B got a, uh, banged up a little bit, so Augie Ray came in. So this is a rarer thing. Shut out on the road with tandem goalkeepers doing it. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if the defensive player of the week is a co-defensive player of the week between Bonahene and and, and Augie. We'll see. But uh they keep winning, they went on the road. And if you if you go back to the Comet series against St. Louis, sure Kansas City won all three games at Cable Dahmer Arena. But they had an overtime loss, an overtime win and an overtime loss in those three games at uh, at the Family Arena. Twice now, already, Milwaukee has gone to Family Arena and gotten all three points. And that explains the challenge the Comets have is they've dropped enough points already that it's going to be really hard to keep up with Milwaukee. Unless Milwaukee experiences something similar to what Florida is currently experiencing right now.
1: And, and that's why I said earlier, I don't look at the Comets probably catching Milwaukee. I mean, it would have to be something pretty drastic at this point.
2: I don't think they have to. I, and and I'm not selling the regular season short here, but, but ultimately, people are going to remember who hoisted the cup. And uh, I will say this until I get blue in the face or people tell me you can't say the story anymore during the COVID season. The San Diego Soccers had a losing record in the in the regular season and the only reason that they qualified for the playoffs was the fact that every team in the league qualified for the playoffs that year. Yeah. Yes, what? They won their 15th championship and nobody is putting an asterisk on it. Ultimately, if you play well enough at the end of the season and and progress into the playoffs, it's it's going to be whoever hoists that cup is that is the team everybody's going to remember. And, and Kansas city is moving in the right direction. I, I can say that with more confidence today than I could have uh, a month ago.
1: Yeah. It's a uh, team's looking like what we thought. Again, we've got really one game, a <laughs> couple games, but really one game to, to base this on. So we need to not necessarily be over enthusiastic, but it, they look like the team we thought they could be. And we'll have to see if that continues.
2: So so what have we been saying in previous uh, episodes that a team that scores four or five goals a game in the MASL is probably not going to win a, a lot of games. Zach Reagan scored five goals by himself. They put 12 on Florida. Now, granted, Florida isn't the top defensive team in the league, but they have two former defense defenders of the year, plus Mike Jones on that defense. So that that was a lot of goals scored against three of the premier defenders in the MASL. And so perhaps that's a sign of what Comets fans could look forward to the rest of this season.
1: I'm looking forward to a lot of goals. All right. Let's see. Any last words, Eric?
2: Looking forward to Sunday's game and then Milwaukee. Well, we'll have a lot to talk about next week's episode, Dad, because I would suspect we'll see the full complement of players. Milwaukee is not playing any other games that weekend so we'll uh we'll get a sense of where both teams stand after this weekend and, and i expect that one to be a battle that fans do not want to miss
1: absolutely all right i will talk to you later uh we'll have a game on sunday and without any other last words we are out